You would think uh, over a year into this, Zoom uh, would load faster. We would have streamlined that. Every time you it takes would like think. three minutes. It takes three full fucking minutes. And I'm like... You know, I think that might be a you problem because my Zoom be. always loads pretty quick. Okay. But every fucking time it's like, I appreciate the text that you you, you know you sent me the link, but it's like, I know. I've been waiting for it to load this whole time. I'm <laughs> here. I'm ready to go. It, yeah. It very well could be the computer. I've, it's the only computer I've Zoomed on. So, yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's annoying. But everything else runs much faster. Again, I'm not... It's... Zencaster pops up even when we do video Zencaster. It goes much smoother. Something about Zoom. You think something called Zoom would would Zoom? Oh, and let's keep that in mind. We'll have to talk about a film called Zoom on today's episode. Okay, speaking of today's episode, hello, my name is Nicole. And hello, my name is Fesh. This is our podcast, Real Big Fix. Mm. Podcast where we remember to do the intro sometimes Mm -hmm. and where we take bad movies and we don't just make fun of them. We celebrate them. We bring out their potential by rewriting their script in a way that we think makes them more fun. And we got a real penchant for attacking female superheroes. (laughs) We've only done it twice. Uh, I mean, yes, this will be the second time we actually do it. But there's two others that are constantly on the back of our minds. Be like, should we finally do it? Should we finally do it? That's true. That's true. This one is is uh, we did because it's the rare in the pandemic universe. This is the rare recent release that we are able to cover on the podcast the movie that we are covering today is melissa mccarthy and octavia spencer's thunder force now nicole you gotta say it with more uh. (laughs) anything sounds (laughs) stupid when you say it that way if we learned anything from the movie it's that saying thunder force makes all the difference in the world instead of saying thunder force scene on the whole sucks but what i do appreciate about that moment i like that line that i was quoting is uh-huh. everything you know it's like everything sounds stupid the first time you hear it mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like that's a great i like that that's true and we talked about this anything. in uh the yesterday episode about where he oh, plays let it be for his parents oh, for the sure. first time and they're like oh my god but anytime you hear a song for the first time right it, yeah specifically you know. naming something too it's like i don't know i don't know here's an idea yeah. here's an idea so i did appreciate that moment most scenes in this movie was just an entryway to riff town and uh <laughs> No? Yeah. Somehow manages to feel 2013 and 2005 at the same time. I would say it feels more 2013. Yeah. It lacks any of the edge that something from 2005 sure. would have. I watched the uh, 2005 Bad News Bears over the course of the last week because <laughs> it was on uh-huh. U- it's on YouTube free with ads. And anytime an ad uh-huh. comes up, I'm like... Am I really that invested in continuing to watch this right now? No. Apparently. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It took a week because, uh, no, okay. I'm not. It's okay. Because <laughs> they're like so short. The spaces in between ads were so short. That's like, I can maybe sit uh-huh. through two, but good God. Sure. It's sort of a mini series exactly. at that point. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's fine. I think where I'm coming from with the 2005 comparison with this movie is that movie is a, you know, it's a remake of the legendary like ragtag sports movie. Where the kids are like uh-huh. swearing and it's like gritty's a strong word, but like that's th- at least the seventies one. That's the case. Sure. And the dialogue and things that are happening in the remake still fall under that. It's just it's weird because it's a Linklater movie, but it's still, it still it just looks flat and yeah. Dennis Dugany and just here's the color temperatures we're used to for the time, and that just completely makes it lose its edge. And just feels, I don't know, Disney Channel adjacent. So mm-hmm. in the prologue of this movie, when they show them as kids, and she's like threatening the bully and to put him in the garbage, I'm like, 
on paper, this feels like something. <laughs> but uh-huh. watching it, it's just pizzicato strings in the background. And <laughs> just like, you're watching yeah. Netflix movie. Here you go. Yeah. It is certainly a Netflix movie. Yeah. That is the vibe of it. Let me uh, let me do a quick summary of the mm. plot. One interesting thing about this is the Wikipedia is very sparse and I couldn't find much about the production of it anywhere, which falls into like marketing category. Mm. Like if this were a movie that they really wanted to promote, there would have been a ton of interviews about like right. just stuff that happened on set and there's just not, which is crazy because apparently Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer have been friends for 25 years. Wow. So this movie has like like some loose basis in reality and they should have been pushing that so hard. So I think they must have known that they had kind of a dud on their hands and just mm. didn't even bother. Yeah, I think it might be that or the responsibility of this entire movie fell on the shoulders of an algorithm. Yeah. This just exists in cyberspace. It is just... Yeah, it checks a lot of boxes. And then does nothing else after that. Just like... Yeah. Which, by the way, one big box that it checked for me is like, I'm not a big superhero person. We've talked about mm. it on the show before. I would have loved to see a good superhero movie even like a parody mm-hmm. like comedy superhero movie about like two middle-aged like, I know why doesn't it rock they shouldn't be superheroes <laughs> yeah I wanted it to be good so here's yeah, here's the basic plot of the movie prologue uh, the world has sort of been taken over by miscreants who are essentially super villains who are created from radiation am I remembering that correctly or an asteroid or one of or the an origins, asteroid yeah. or radiation from an asteroid one of those uh, generic supervillain things and there were no superheroes there's just like a select group of miscreants who are the bad guys in the 80s in middle school Octavia Spencer's character as a child was bullied for being a nerd and there's a big running thing of like I'm not a nerd I'm smart there's a difference which has no bearing on the movie at all but they do bring it up a lot Yep. and then Melissa McCarthy's character who's like a little imagine Melissa McCarthy in a movie yeah. You got it. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, you know, she's wearing flannels Just and Van a, a Tammy t-shirts type, and if you will. A Tammy type. Kind of can't get her shit together, but stands up for Octavia Spencer's yeah. character. And so they become unlikely friends until in college, Octavia Spencer's character is studying for a big test. And then Melissa McCarthy's character she comes over. And forgets to set the alarm. And forgets to set the alarm. And so then Octavia Spencer wakes up late for the test and is pissed off at her and is like, I have to make it up to my parents because i guess her parents were killed by miscreants they or were something on the, on the l train in chicago yes that that is essentially the friendship breakup because melissa mccarthy is too irresponsible because she forgot to set the alarm or something so you know remind you of anything nicole gosh sometimes booking this <laughs> podcast huh Oof. <laughs> Oof. look i'm two hours earlier than you fetch <laughs> i'm doing the best See, I, can. But I set my clocks early to avoid being late and oh gosh <laughs> This is uh this is Fesh's passive aggressive at Nicole hour. Oh yep, I have a lot of grievances. It's festivus <laughs> over here. I'm airing them all out. <laughs> Um, okay, so fast forward to the president, <laughs> Melissa, to the president, to the present. Yeah. Uh, Melissa McCarthy is now, what, a crane operator? She works in construction. Sure. She's basically the same person, wears an army surplus jacket, is not dainty. She's playing a Melissa McCarthy character, and it's their high school reunion. And she goes to the high school reunion. The 25 year? Uh, I think mathematically that's about right. Which is, do they, do that, does it happen that way? I thought it was only clean I guess pens. it's a quarter of a century oh well, that's fair so she goes there and she's really hoping to see I think Liv is that her name Octavia Spencer she's really hoping to see oh excuse me 
Emily. It's Emily is Octavia Spencer and Lydia bingo. is McCarthy. <laughs> I think you mean bingo. Yes, bingo. I barely remember that from the movie. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I watched this movie three hours ago, so it's a little fresher. It's... I watched it a week ago. Yeah. So uh, she goes there hoping to see Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer isn't there. And so... Well, she gets her phone number from the local Italian restaurant guy. He's like, hey, you're a good kid. I like you guys being friends. Call her. Yeah, this is... Oh, right. The diner. I forgot that she's friends with the guy in the diner. And is that the guy... Is that the stapler guy from Office Space? No. I get why you he, think it he is. He is. Not. He's a that guy actor. He's definitely though, right? a character actor. Yeah. Can't remember his name, but he owns a diner that she goes to, and she helps him install a new glass door or something. Mm-hmm. Octavia Spencer's not at the reunion, so Melissa McCarthy goes and finds her at her high tech science lab. I'm going to be honest. I briefly blacked out at this point. I don't so, remember how she was admitted to the lab. Uh, uh, well, there's a very funny scene with her and another improviser rifted up. And where one just could not, okay. the, the woman working behind the counter could not believe that she would have a meeting. And if she would just deign to actually call up, she would see that she did. And then when she did, let me just put it this way. She didn't see that coming. <laughs> that's not how she <laughs> thought it was going to go down. Okay. The other thing that's very important here is that Tavia Spencer's one thing is that she has a want, which is to make it so anybody can be a superhero. So we can stop the miscreants because they killed her parents. Yes. And somehow that's making it up to her parents, I suppose, uh, because the miscreants killed her parents, killed them. Okay, so Melissa McCarthy goes up there. Octavia Spencer's like not pumped to see her, but is like, well, here you are. Uh, Isn't rude about it. Uh, Octavia Spencer goes to another room for some reason and is like, don't touch anything. And, you know, Melissa McCarthy's going to touch some stuff. So needless to say, in a fit of hubris, she touches things and she gets her face injected with super strength serum. Octavia Spencer comes back and is like, I can't believe you've done this. Then they have to continue the treatments so Melissa McCarthy's heart doesn't explode. Melissa, uh, excuse me, Octavia Spencer was going to give herself super strength and invisibility, but I guess she only made enough of the serum for one person to have super strength. It's still in its trial period, yeah. It's in its trial periods. So Melissa McCarthy uh, gets super strength and she has to, you know, run through a series of super strength experiments where she has to hit a hammer on a how strong are you thing from the carnival. And, and she has to pick up boulders and flavorless stuff. flavorless montage I think I've ever seen in a movie. It's, I, I, Fesh, I think this is going to be the first episode of this podcast where we propose fewer montages. Yeah. Um, just nothing um, doing in this. It's just, yep. And then she gets a little better. Yep. And then all of her strength series is injected into her face very painfully. Meanwhile, to be invisible, Octavia Spencer just has to take some pills. Also, the strength serum makes Melissa McCarthy crave raw chicken, and there's a lot of scenes of her eating raw chicken that are played grosser than I think it was. Sure. Um, One thing we missed is that no one knows who Urkel is. Oh, God, we're going to talk about that. There is a scene that is no less than, what, three minutes long where Melissa McCarthy just does... Hey, I'm watching at 1.5 speed, so I can't give you an accurate time. It is just Melissa McCarthy doing an Urkel impression to zero laughs in the year of our Lord 2021. So they, so now they're all trained up to be superheroes, and they start their adventures. The crabs robbing a gas station or a convenience store. Yeah, okay, so Jason Bateman is like a mid-tier crime boss. Who has crustacean arms. He has crustacean arms because he's what he refers to as a half-creant, not half-Korean, which is honestly which is one of the better I jokes heard. in the movie. Which is what I heard. Everybody hears half-Korean when he says half-Korean. 
Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer using their powers stop the robbery in a scene I'm not totally sure the point of. I guess it's just the first time they use their powers. And that's where, like, isn't, maybe I'm complaining with another scene, but isn't that where Melissa McCarthy and Crab like, have that moment that turns, like, it's, they fall in love and it's like, oh. A choice is made, and it's a dance number thing, so there's that. Yes, uh, they see each other, they catch each other's eyes across the convenience store, and Melissa McCarthy fantasizes a big 80s dance yeah. number. Again, uh, it's kind of all fuzzy here. Bobby Cannavale is the oh, there's king also the mayor. the mayor, yes, who is a miscreant in disguise. Who, yes. I don't know, Crab works for and treats everybody around him, especially crab Andy, the for... like crab. <laughs> Oh boy, Andy. Also, a hot lady miscreant works for him. Laser. She's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Laser, that's her name. Yeah. That's who that was. That's Mantis. She's in a bunch of stuff. Gotcha. Okay. I yeah. Was She's like a very highly trained French actress, yeah. I found out when I was looking through Wikipedia. Nice. Pom Clementif. There you go. Clementief. Clementif. I don't know. First name Palm, last name Clementine? German, some kind. I don't know. So uh, then you know they defeat the miscreants and uh, Melissa McCarthy and Jason Bateman. That's fall the in thing love. is there's like no other plot machinations between. Like she goes on a date with him. Octavia finds out about that. Doesn't like that for some reason that I'm not clear. Well, and I guess because guy. he's a miscreant. Yeah. And then, oh, also Octavia Spencer has a daughter who ends up saving the day. And one of the people working for Octavia Spencer was a double agent who was actually working for the miscreants. Oh, did Octavia Spencer's daughter have super speed? I thought so. I missed that completely. <laughs> Maybe I missed something wrong too. I think at that point my brain was like, we're not going to bother yeah, saving any I'm of this information. I'm pretty sure because <laughs> she shows up in like a, a, a super thing. and I could A white yeah, superhero I outfit. Super speed. I could be wrong about that. Can I get on some fesh philosophical rant stuff now what would this podcast be if it weren't for that yeah i'm just being now can i hear yes it now? now's the time did i miss any major plot point is that i, I think, think that basically covers it okay so it is difficult to do what this movie sets out to do because they are dealing in a genre that already does it consistently mm-hmm. uh-huh <laughs> and if you look uh-huh. at the history <laughs> of movies that attempt to do this of which there are more than enough that would make you think, maybe we don't need to make this movie. I know none of them <laughs> star Melissa McCarthy or Octavia Spencer. And that's what I'm saying. So the angle, obviously, we need to run with is the middle-aged woman friend thing. Thank you. That was my first fix. That's, okay, keep going. That's what we need to do. But you look at Zoom starring Tim Allen, which is mm-hmm. Disney hasn't bought the X-Men yet. So what if we did X-Men? <laughs> But a comedy, that's always the energy is, but a comedy. And it's like, that's not enough. Yeah. Because you still have to do all the superhero beats. And we have more than enough of them. And, you know, especially now, (laughs) the list will continue when we didn't have as many. So you got Zoom, Incredibles, Sky High. Shazam, kind of. Shazam is kind of right on the line. Shazam is an example of that is a comic book property that was already doing what these people think they are doing. Yeah. It's like it already exists. Yeah. And it's that thing where you're watching wrestling with somebody who doesn't watch wrestling and goes, What if they did this? And you just have to be like, Yeah, no, they've done that 100 times. (laughs) It's a comedy spot. Yeah. We know. It it seems born out of like, I, I think I. 
this thing is simple and I think I can make fun of it. And it's like, yeah, but you don't understand what people appreciate about it. And so you're making fun of it is just the most base. And that's the thing. This movie doesn't have any teeth. It's not making fun of anything. It's just trying to do a superhero movie with its own jokes. Yep. Yes. But it's like super strength and invisibility aren't unique traits. Again. Okay. Look, this this is another fix that I have yeah. about their powers, but we'll yeah. get to that later. <laughs> I just want you to know that I Great. also took umbrage with that. Again, Shazam. I, I hate the movies, but the Deadpool movies, there is your, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. Uh, not pastiche, but self-aware. Yeah. There's your satire. Um, there it is. It okay. is satirizing superhero movies while serving the function of superhero movies. Again, I hate those movies, but two is like weirdly a very strong superhero narrative. In addition to all of that shit, like it mm-hmm. has everything that you need to hit the beats to be a legitimate superhero movie, while being all the annoying other bullshit. This has bare bones one of those things, mm-hmm. and then what? That wasn't head of the class. What was? What was her? She has to go to college movie. Oh, uh, we saw it. Life of the party. That's it. Yes. And then then she yeah. And then it's so it's take take the worst elements of life of the party and put them over the boring skeleton. Of a first draft yeah. non IP, no hook superhero. Yeah. <laughs> like so, so I guess let's talk about some of the fixes because I am again like a movie about two middle aged women being superheroes. Yeah. I don't even know where to start because I have so many fixes. One that I want to address even before we get into that because it is related to like giving two middle aged women this opportunity is give Octavia Spencer jokes. Let her do anything but be the, mom. the yep. most boring straight man I've ever she, seen. She doesn't do shit in this fucking movie. It sucks because she is very mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, this is, I sent you that article that I think Slate yeah. did, the opinion piece that was like, Melissa McCarthy, please stop making bad movies with your husband. And Ben Falcone, to his credit, really appreciates his wife sure. and what is funny about her, but to the extent that there is another A-list celebrity in this movie that you just don't have any eye for or opinion on and give no no like opportunities to. So just the broad note is give her more jokes. I think as you and I fix it, by giving her more of a character, more of the jokes will come out naturally. Or, or, and I'm not saying we go this route, uh-huh. but invisibility in comics, in, in superhero, you know, the, the idea there is... I'm blending into my background, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. so, okay. That was what I was going to get to is two middle-aged women would be great for going undercover because nobody knows who they are. That was sort of mentioned in spy, which Melissa McCarthy was in. That's like when she is given credit, it's, it's because she, you don't suspect her. So I think that is a great use of superheroes. I think the other thing that I want to play up is We've got these two middle-aged superheroes. There is the, like, they have the argument about, like, is Thunder Force a cool name or not? Are our outfits cool? So they're clearly, like, this is a universe where superheroes and marketing are considered together. Hold on. And I want to see the world where they are effective superheroes, but everybody in the world is like, kids don't want right. to buy your so toys. So invisibility as it relates to being a woman in Hollywood, which is we've reached this there certain age and we have stopped <laughs> existing until we hit another age bracket and it has to be a whole other thing. And then you become Betty White. Right. 
there is no real strife between these two besides the thing that happened in 1994. Which, uh, again, I sort of implied this, but is like we don't, aside from Melissa McCarthy forgetting to set the alarm, we don't really see their friendship fall apart. And also, that was Octavia Spencer's responsibility. Right. It was her right. test. That whole scene doesn't so work for I me. I think it needs to be if they, if we're, uh, and I'm always pro keep as much as possible. But if we're, if, if we're keeping, mm-hmm. I'm not a nerd, I'm smart then it needs to be <laughs> Melissa McCarthy is the life of the party. Yep. <laughs> she wants to get Bingo out of her shell, and she's like, I don't need to get out of my shell. I need to save the world. <laughs> Again, she uh-huh. says that from a science perspective when they're teenagers, and then becomes a literal thing when they become superheroes. But like, then you just have more to play with relationship-wise, but also then there can be a jealousy thing. There can be some, in the, in the all is lost moment, Melissa McCarthy can throw out that like, she's afraid right Mm -hmm. and so if go be invisible and don't have you don't have to face anything just be you know in your own in your lab forever yeah not on the streets facing people dealing with you know your issues (laughs) you're running away from your issues you think you're solving them but you're not doing anything about so again these ingredients are already right fucking there but it really feels like was Melissa McCarthy in Ocean's Eight? I don't think okay. so. Hold on, I'm looking at her filmography right now. I don't see it now. I enjoyed Ocean's Eight enough. Uh, whatever, mm-hmm. it's what I wanted out of it for the most part. But then somebody pointed something out to me afterwards. Like, you realize there's no conflict in that movie. They just do the job and it goes great, and then we go home. I was like, well, one, I think that is a little <laughs> bit why I liked it. <laughs> like sometimes that's exactly what I'm looking for. But I do think there is this, again, as we will talk about female superheroes and we, as we've talked about before, this notion of like, yeah, but we can't make them look weak. It's just too much of a political minefield if we do that. It's like, okay, but part of the beats of the hero's journey uh-huh. <laughs> are failing and, you know, refusing the call and all that stuff. Yeah. Whereas here it's just kind of like, no, we kind of did it and we're good. Uh-huh. When we get to odds and the moment is, oh, shit, Melissa McCarthy took the serum. She's going to be the superhero. Your mind is already ahead of the movie filling in these moments to be like, I bet this will happen. I bet that'll happen. Mm -hmm. Never happens. (laughs) She just is a superhero that also riffs, which we have more than enough superheroes who riff. We got Robert Downey Jr. plays one. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds plays one. Robert Downey Jr. plays one, plays the one that kicked off the modern superhero renaissance. He plays the quintessential one. Peter Parker riffs. That's like part of Spider-Man. Like, this is not new territory. Yes. So again, what is new territory? Zaftig middle-aged women. That's like, that's we don't Harley Quinn's whole thing is riffing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so so real quick before we go any further, we need to make a decision whether we want to stay true to the movie's intention to keep Octavia Spencer as kind of the responsible one or whether we want to jazz both of them up. I think jazz them up, but can I, I'm sorry to derail again, but just also a thing that drove me crazy watching this the whole time was in 1984, this thing happened. Mm -hmm. It is 2021 and only bad people have superpowers, but society is fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Now, if you want to make that a commentary about like politicians or police or the notion of security, there's stuff in there. I think it's maybe too much to tackle in this movie. But then it's just like, I don't know, make it so it's the it's the Inhumans of Marvel where just a random smattering of people now have superpowers. Some are good, some are bad. Octavia mm-hmm. and Melissa are neither. They don't have the powers. So now she wants to mm-hmm. use her science I agree with that. to become 
that's just a quick. That's not like that doesn't theoretically change the movie at all. But now, just, this it's a is, plot hole that this is like a little bit of the boys getting in here. But if that's the case, then I think that we see the superheroes kind of being in it more for the image than helping people. Sure. And that's Perfect. kind of what inspires Octavia Spencer. I also think if we go this route, just have Octavia Spencer and Melissa McCarthy be partners. And Melissa McCarthy is like a slack off lab partner, like putting little hats on the, the right. lab rats and stuff. And Octavia Spencer's the, the one yeah. who does the work. And then we can Remind avoid the whole... you of anybody. <laughs> um, so I think let's have them start as lab partners. And then again, that makes her choose invisibility as her power, which is playing into her psyche, playing into her psyche, which has like more emotional impact later in the film. I also think that we can still have Octavia Spencer play kind of the same character, but we can make her funnier by making her more timid, like cartoonishly, like has a hard time talking to people or whatever. So I think that is like the easiest fix that still kind of preserves what they were going for in the original movie. If that works for Mm -hmm. you, because like now the superheroes, like the few superheroes in this world are more image focused than saving people focused, which plays more into our invisibility for women in Hollywood thing too. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going with it. So then they're like, well, we're going to become superheroes too. They end up being treated like second class citizens because you know, they're women in their late forties, early fifties. Mystery men unbreakable <laughs> did i say sky high already the thing we this yes. is well torn ter- anyway well worn ter- okay so now we've sort of i think set up the basics of this movie where do we go from here so i will say one of the things that i i don't know i i will not call it a strength of this movie but one thing that was like oh that's something it still is found in plenty of superhero things but Including Batman Returns, I did not expect Melissa McCarthy and Crab to 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 get a, to, like to fall in love. I was like, oh, that's new. Okay. I thought he was gonna exactly. double cross her, and I was pleasantly exactly. surprised when they just were so, in love. I thought that I'm was cool, cool with that. Maybe mm-hmm. plot it out a little bit better. Maybe I think one of the, I, you might disagree with this. I think one of the scenes where they got to riff and do the Melissa McCarthy thing that is like why she and Ben Falcone wanted to make this movie. I think one of the more successful examples of that is when Jason Bateman is on the date with Melissa McCarthy. It goes on way the too waiter long. Thing or the scene, be- the, uh, the, the waiter thing. That. I think where he offers a seafood platter yeah, is like, yeah, what yeah. are you doing? You can see this guy right. has crab arms, but like where Jason Bateman has to like try to pick up the martini glass, but he has sure. claws. So it breaks a lot of those beats work yeah. for me. We can still have them go out on a date. And that moment is more meaningful. If Melissa McCarthy has been Octavia Spencer's lab partner this whole time, then we can also have Octavia Spencer appear out of nowhere. Cause she was invisible right. and watching the date the whole time. And they have their confrontation in the restaurant, which gets into that needy friend thing too, where it's like, you're yep. jealous that she'll accidentally say something she doesn't mean to say, which is that she is, uh-huh. she does have a man right now. Whereas Octavia's dude, yeah, Octavia's baby daddy left, which is a, a thing from the yeah. original movie. Great. So there's there's more stuff. I'm going to barrel back into my own philosophical bullshit once again. The Get Tick. The Tick is a thing that is a full-on parody of comic books, of yes. superheroes. Similarly to what I'm doing with wrestling, it's like, if you're going to tackle these things, you got to dive in. Because like that's where mm-hmm. this the fun is with all this shit. And so then The Tick has a 35-plus year history now because... It's playing in the medium. Weird Al Yankovic still knows how to make music. <laughs> yes, the music he's making mm-hmm. is comedy and is making fun of other music. The songs aren't 20 seconds. 
they're the length of songs. <laughs> he has albums. Yeah. Like, that's how this works. And I know superhero movies are a medium onto their own now, but then it's like, what comes with that? Weird Easter eggs and giant universes and all of this. If mm-hmm. you, it, it just, it really feels like a thing that you have to commit or it's not gonna. I would love if there was a gag in this movie that's a superhero, it's clearly a superhero crossover from another yeah. universe, but nothing about that universe is explained <laughs> to us, the right. audience. We're just aware that it's like, oh, I guess this is also in the lore right. of Right, and I world. know they're not going for like a full Zucker Brothers, you know, superhero movie movie by any means, and I don't think mm-hmm. they should, but like there are more things to lampoon if you're going for but a comedy. But this mm-hmm. <laughs> literally is you just made bad Weirdly, superhero Weirdly, they, they didn't do... They didn't really do a needle drop. The closest they did was in the scene. Shocked Spirit in the Sky does not show up in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like that's the one scene that they decided to leave on the cutting room floor. But the the closest thing was when it's uh, Melissa McCarthy's fantasy about uh, dancing Mm. with Jason Bateman and it's some 80s song. I can't remember. It's. no, it's like uh, it's like a big famous yeah. song. Well, they also have remember. her sing along to uh, "Kiss from a Rose," you know, the song from a Batman movie. What are you doing? Don't, yeah. Oh, don't yeah. Do I that. guess that is kind of a needle drop. I forgot about "Kiss from a Rose." I know, Rose. but also, why a movie from? <laughs> it's like that that song was written for that Batman movie. It wasn't yeah. just used in it, it was written for it. I, and that could have been interesting because it could be like, okay, how does pop culture's sure. idea of superheroes so, inform yes. us as superheroes now? And they kind of touched right. on it, but didn't explore it in an interesting way. And that way. is the entire movie, Untouchable, which is far from a comedy. It is very much a deconstruction in, a, in the traditional sense, is... Comic book stores exist in that universe. It is 1999 and we have our first superhero. How are we dealing with this and how is it different than what the comic books are? Mm -hmm. Whereas this is, again, because it's a riff fest, you know there's going to be arbitrary pop culture references. One of them was Nell, the Jodie Foster movie Nell. Oh, yeah. Jeez. So wait, we're supposed to believe since 1984, everything else in culture, and I'm just being, this is just plot hole pedantic a little bit here but just like no superhero media has happened I I would imagine it wouldn't because of how the state of the world exists we still know all the tropes and that seal song from the Batman I think it's gotta be kind of I just watched uh, Kong versus Godzilla last night Godzilla on the brain and I think it's gotta be kind of Godzilla rules where there was this one insane incident but then it seems that we have made peace with the monster and so rather than everybody like living in Godzilla barracks which is what I would do if Godzilla ever attacked (laughs) then people are kind of like I guess we're fine let's just go back to normal now that I love that's actually something I do love about it because as we're seeing right now that's how we deal with stuff like that it's just like we find yeah. a new normal, and we try to work back to the old normal if we can. But yeah, that's a part of our lives now. But it, it, it feels like there's no merging. So so in that case, I would love to see, like, I would love to see maybe if the miscreants had kind of more consistent power. It seems like miscreants' power is laser vision. That seems to be the big thing that oh, I guess both so, Bobby yeah. Cannavale and Laser have, is they both have laser vision. I don't know if they also have other powers. And then Jason Bateman's like a crab guy, that was, but that's a whole Again, it was through thing. accident. It wasn't through the asteroid. Yes, he it, he got the flied. Which basically. is just like, don't do that. Have just have, like he's that's yeah. his power. He got it from the asteroid. That's it. He has crab arms. Yeah. that's fine. <laughs> so if we maybe gave them a more consistent power, let's just for argument's sake say that it's lasers. Mm. They all have laser eyes or whatever. 
then uh, much in the way that the pandemic has sort of normalized, we all have masks mm-hmm. and stuff. Then, you know, every public building has like uh, tinted glass or they've developed some sort of glass that can't that's, be blasted by lasers. That's the comedic take of this movie. I thought this movie was going to do is just like make the game. How normal is being a superhero that like, yeah, yeah since the 80s, and everybody living, just had how superpowers. How normal is it to live in? Super- yeah. And then it's just like, no, the, the main joke is uh, we can't wash these suits. So they stink. Which is yeah. like, why can't you wash the suits? I mean, it's also it's the kind of ju- one. Why can't you wash the suits? Two, we the audience can't smell, really yeah, smell can't them. So it. I guess we'll take your word for it. Nobody seems to be avoiding you because right. of your smelly suit. Doesn't really have any impact on the movie. It's really just like, like uh, we don't have a button here. Okay, uh, do the suit thing again. Great. <laughs> Put TK suit smells, and then we'll uh, work ourselves back around to that. So, so if we're exploring this concept of like middle-aged women in Hollywood and as superheroes, what are some of the beats that we're going to hit? I think the one where like they can't sell their toys or they can't mm-hmm. sell a comic book or they can't book a TV mm-hmm. appearance because that, you know, you don't trend well in the, you know, 16 to 27 right. demo or whatever. We're going to need you to cut back on working this territory because, you know, all Theron would need yeah. to have a few, few more wins. And so... Which again is the plot of the? It's literally right. the boys. I haven't even seen right. all of the boys, and I know but even that that's the boys, what the which boys I know people about, like, but... and is still based off of a comic book. I remember when my brother came home with that first comic book, and I was just like, <sighs> something about this still feels like, yeah, you're just turning the M rating up a little bit more. It's tackling the same exact issues that are still in a DC and a Marvel, but you get to make fun of DC and Marvel while you do it. Yeah. It's just like, I get it. That guy's Aquaman. I get it. That guy's superhero, Superman. And, oh, but it's not so squeaky clean, is it? It's like, yeah, that's, I know. <laughs> Green Lantern has a drug problem and Tony Stark's an alcoholic, but uh, not in the movies. So I guess this feels shocking. I I, I don't know. Well-worn territory. <laughs> uh, but I, I haven't watched all, all, I haven't seen any of the boys, quite frankly. But, but there are no original ideas in the world, you know, Fesh? Everything is a recycle of a recycle of a recycle. <sighs> I don't know about that. I feel like that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. I do. Um, well. I, again, it doesn't matter for our podcast, which is expressly about remaking yeah. the thing that we're talking about. But Yeah. Which is to say, the I don't care that the boys sure. already did it. Like, that would fit in yeah. this world. I think maybe they get, you know, assigned the fart villain or whatever that's like, we're more powerful. Right. We don't need to take the dumb bad right. villain. And then I think... We get 35% less kryptonite? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's got to be a scene where they finally get to do a TV interview and the reporter keeps calling them brave. And eventually they realize that's that it's not good. because they're superheroes, but that's because they're good. overweight. And then... um. Let's talk about Bobby. Is Ken Valley? Yeah. Am I pronouncing that yeah. right? Let's talk about his character. The king. Who is just a, a mean guy. He's the king and he's also the mayor. But is his last name? He's just king, right? He's not no, the no, no. king. No, opposite. He, 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 opposite. Oh, so people keep calling him king, but he's the right king. Now. Okay. He cannot stand. <laughs> it's just three letters. How can you? Ah! It is such a, again, placeholder to be like, he needs a tick. He needs something mm-hmm. to go wrong. Instead of just like, I hate this either way, but like the cleaner version is they just get, they get the word king wrong. They're like, I don't know what mm-hmm. this is a good filler, but like. Kong? <laughs> I just mean just like. You're Kong, right? <laughs> I mean, that works too. I just mean just like prince or emperor or. Uh, sure. But like the one they do, I think she calls him boss at one point and he like loses it yeah. over that. But then, yeah, at one point, somebody just calls him king instead of... What if it's just lesser royalty? What if it's like, look, at it's the Earl. It's the Earl. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. Whereas this is like she calls yeah. him king without the article, and he gets just as pissed as if she called him Kong. And yeah, what? <laughs> Why are you so mad about the article? I think I think we should maybe clarify what his whole deal is. So he's run, he's running for re-election, right? And the women support another woman candidate who is a complete nobody in this movie. But I think it's vaguely supposed to be somewhere between AOC and Nancy Pelosi. I, we don't need to change her character yeah. specifically. It was set up as this weird, like very fraught election. And it's like, but we don't know anything about her. Nope. You haven't told us anything specific about her character. So is he still the mayor in our version? Do we still want to have the election? Well, it depends if we're what. So, uh, so I think the reason he is the mayor is to, well, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I was going to say is to justify like the villainy are the only ones who exist thing, but why it's still civil it's because he can meet uh-huh. all of their demands. There's no need to like blow up buildings if we already have the power. Which again is close so to does, something. So does <laughs> do the people of Chicago know that he is a miscreant? No. no. Okay. That feels like an interesting angle to take would be they do know he's a miscreant and they elected him because they are like he can make deals with them. Hey, finally somebody who's not a politician, am I right? It's exactly what we need. <laughs> And there's no, no parallels no. to the real world that they could make bad jokes about. I will say this. I was thinking about this on the train home. It does feel like Thanos mm-hmm. snapped in a certain way when that guy's not on Twitter. I'm just like, it's just things are different. I just, I don't think about yeah. the man anymore. It's so <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's crazy how when he lost the election, it truly feels, it's crazy how not yeah. relevant he feels. He's like doing anymore. wedding speeches. I, I said, yeah. I, t- I tweeted at him back in July. I said, hey man, just get a cameo account. You'll be set for life. You're fine. That's all you need. <laughs> that's all you want anyway that's something that's an angle that's a take <laughs> um i mean i'm sure. not married to it i'm just trying to figure out what to do with him because right now like especially in this new version of our movie i don't know that he serves any specific purpose well so that's the big thing with superhero movies is just like the villain uh, the villain is gonna shoot a big light into the sky and we gotta stop that process right that's the jokes yeah and as an avid viewer and fan and supporter I'll admit that, yeah, that's most of it all of the time. And I never care too much about what the actual stakes are because we know how it's going to go. I also have already admitted multiple times that when we get too much into plot machinations of schemes of off-screen characters, I'm out. (laughs) I don't know. Charles Grodin and Ishtar, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) He's got bull markets and (laughs) back-end points, and he's going to put it all into a Swiss bank account. And we got to stop that microchip from doing it. You know, like I, I, it doesn't, (laughs) I don't know. Okay. I don't know if we have this anymore, but if their whole thing is like, they've been friends for so long and their relationship has developed since middle school or whatever. Mm -hmm. What if he was their middle school bully? Okay. And then they didn't realize that he's also a miscreant or whatever. And he's the one who like made Octavia Spencer feel like she had to be invisible. Mm. He's the one who, what what would be the equivalent of invisibility for super strength? That kind of just feels like generic superhero thing. You're weak in real life. So in the, the, the fantasy world you would be strong right like that's it's it's not so much yeah heightening of an already insecurity it's just the running away from that insecurity doing the opposite wish fulfillment yeah so then uh he you know made yeah. melissa mccarthy yeah. feel yeah. weak for whatever reason because then you get your nice cutting down scene i always love this from a villain where it's like uh it, it's the one moment of captain marvel we can all agree on where he's gaslighting her and he's like 
telling her to like, come on, let's just you and me fight. Like, yes, yes. The one moment I for me that, that works so, in Captain Marvel really well. Yeah, so we can get a cutting down scene. For listeners at home, in case that wasn't a good enough explanation, at the very end of Captain Marvel, Jude Law is like, okay, you've defeated us, but now we'll throw off the gauntlets and the real battle is can you overcome your emotions and we'll see. And then she just fucking zaps him yeah. in the middle of his dumb, stupid speech because she doesn't have to like live by those rules, which is great. That is the one moment in the movie that I really love. So yeah, I think let's just have Bobby Cannavale do that. Yeah, and it could be physicalized. It's literally a fight at that point and he's just bringing up all that history while breaking bones and shooting lasers and mm-hmm. and that not realizing he is giving them more motivation to stand up for themselves and realize the potential that was in yeah. them, super or not. Because that's what this is all about too. Yeah, <laughs> All of these fucking things, the reasons yeah. superheroes exist, are not to say we need gods to come and save us. <laughs> <laughs> but rather that we all have potential to do better. And I feel mm-hmm. that's something that often gets pushed to the side or leaned into the military message as well, which I totally understand how that reads is that way too. Either way, it doesn't have to be literally stand up and fight. It just means fucking believe in yourself and do something good. Yeah. Yeah. So they have history with this guy. I don't know. Like, again, I don't know if you, if you're not going to do anything with the fact that he's mayor, there's no need for him to be the mayor. That's my biggest thing. All of Batman's Returns is about Penguin running for mayor. And like that's the stakes yeah. of things. And we can't let that happen. This guy's running for re-election of mayor. Really, what's Falcone is the guy's name? Did he write it? I think he and Melissa McCarthy it wrote it together. It just reads so much just like, again, I keep saying fillers and TKs, but it just feels like subconsciously I had the news on in the background and just like, oh yeah, you know what? There was a bad guy running for re-election. What if we put that in it? But that's not <laughs> the point of the movie? Yeah, it's not. What if it's this again this is like the boys territory i'm gonna throw it out there and we can tweak it and make it something new what if he is works at some sort of like management or agency for superheroes Mm -hmm. or he's the the dispatcher or whatever so he's still like in the same way that he was kind of the the king of high school or whatever he's still determining like who gets the good stuff he's the one sending these two women on shitty nerdy tasks he wants them out of the spotlight and then we find out he's a miscreant and he's been sending superheroes who can't defeat the miscreants that he's sending them to whatever their dispatcher is obviously bobby cannavale is a handsome man seems to be in good shape Uh yeah i think it's a very common trope for the reveal to be like well this good guy was a bad guy this whole time but it's like what else can we do in this genre in this time slot so Mm -hmm. how um, this is just more like character and joke pitch than plot but like yeah we think he's non-powered and just here to help despite the fact that he is you know looks the way he is that these gods can then condescend to him and it looks almost like mm-hmm. closed loop because if we're going to see stuff from the opening that establishes that he was their bully already, it feels like, well, we've conquered that. He's the guy doing our paperwork. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they call him Prom King. <laughs> like, all right, Prom <laughs> King, because that's where he peaked. You're still handsome. You're still doing great, but you're living in the past. All right, Prom Queen, you know, file this paperwork and tell me where I'm going next. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I kind of really like the notion of a supervillain being named Prom King. I like that a lot. (laughs) So he leans into that. I'm not saying it is his gimmick as his powers or anything, but that is the moniker. So when that twist comes, which is he's been fucking with them the whole time and sacrificing these lesser superheroes maybe we can get into something where it's like the the it's almost highlander rules to a degree when a when a powered person falls at the hands of another powered person they get more and more powerful so he's just accruing this wealth of power mm-hmm. through this and then I love he it. can kill andrew to steal all of the power to become yeah the ultimate problem great i'm just riffing i think here. that rules hey 
you know what? You're riffing better than they ever did <laughs> in Thunder Force. Um, so yeah, I think that really works for me. And then we can still have um Also, I'm sorry, but again, getting some heat on some stuff. Uh-huh. Somebody Cand Valley will call them Thunder Thighs. Like that's Yeah. The, come on. What the fuck? <laughs> like yeah. we're not I'm not saying that because it's a good thing. I'm saying it because it's a bad thing and we win over that. Now, I will say at this point, I I will acknowledge like if you know superheroes are in many ways like mm-hmm. wish fulfillment, I understand the urge to not mention sure. like if it's a movie about two middle-aged sure. women being superheroes, I understand sure. the urge to have them just be accepted Absolutely. as legitimate superheroes. So if you are a person in that demographic, then you don't have to watch it and be like, "Okay, well, even sure. in the fantasy world, they don't and take it seriously. I get that, but I'm also like, well, go read some Faith comic books. That's she's a plus size superhero. I don't, I don't know that it factors in too much. There yeah, you go. So go ahead and read. Like, there's, there's plenty for you out there still. But fair enough point for me. I guess that's my just lizard brain being like, why is this movie called Thunder Force if it's not serving any? Per- like, that's not a good enough name mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to just be the name of something. Yeah, I'm just trying to make the name work into what we've already said. Because God, what a bad name. Because there's not even, like, four of them. At the end of it, I guess technically, with the daughter and Crab, if he joins over, then you can make it Thunder Force. Yeah, they don't do that. So Uh, there's no point. I don't know. Okay, great. So, uh, I mean, we haven't laid out, like, beat-by-beat plot, but I think that covers most of the fixes, you know? I think we still get, if they work together in the lab, then I think they they decide, you know, which powers they want. I think you can still have the scene where Melissa McCarthy's treatment is very painful and, you know, Octavia Spencer gets to take a pill. You can still have, I would say, more fun training montages. I think one of the things that works is she keeps accidentally hurting this guy. Is his name George... Troy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, one of the one of the assistants in the lab. She keeps like he's a magnet for all of her goofs. Yeah. In her super strength training. Yes. Yeah, somehow she keeps accidentally hurting him. You can keep all that stuff. Um. You can even keep the convenience store robbery. Sure. Uh, let me give a uh, uh, just a plus up to that that guy's thing. Introduce him as another hero, whose magic power or his superpower is probability manipulation. So like he's just like we just called him lucky. He's he's good. And then like, and then she That's is great. so screwing up so much that she is counteracting his superpower. <laughs> <laughs> Probability manipulation is a cool superpower. Long shot domino shamrock. They're cool. they're fun. I love all that. Every time I talk to you about superheroes, <laughs> I'm like Superheroes are cool, and then whenever I experience superheroes outside of you, I'm like, this sucks. Different soapbox. Hop over. I love this shit, uh, if that's not clear yet. What drives me crazy, and this isn't exclusive to superheroes, this is to anything that can be adapted, is that there's this notion that when something's adapted to a movie, that's the official entry. That something does not count Mm -hmm. (laughs) until it has become a feature film, like a big studio Mm -hmm. release. And that's when you get into that thing where it's like, they're remaking Willy Wonka. Oh, they're going to ruin it. It's like, well, go watch Willy <laughs> Wonka. You have 80 years of Batman comic books to, <laughs> to 80 plus at this point. Mm-hmm. If you're a Batman fan, you have more than enough lanes to choose from. Mm-hmm. You could never fully, <laughs> I don't think anybody can get all of the Batman that is out there. And that's just one of these characters. And same with yeah. wrestling and all that. Like uh, any shit that I get into, if, if you don't like this section of it, Go for it. So, like with superheroes, it's it's uh, I, again, it's impossible, it's impenetrable for me to truly recommend. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think you like this. Here's 15 years you got to catch up on first. But what I'm getting at, mm-hmm. like, I think it's possible to hate superhero movies and appreciate 
the mythology of superheroes and find some form of medium mm-hmm. to appreciate them and if it's not movies or even comic book there's a wolverine narrative podcast out there that is supposedly really good it's not that's not what i that's not my medium for podcast like i, I don't love scripted right. podcasts I'm sure it's great like those batman video games i know people who don't give a shit about any of it but are video game people and they, the games are great like there's something there might not mm-hmm. be i'm not specifically talking to necessarily you nicole <laughs> i'm trying, like I, I don't know right there's plenty of things where it's like, oh, well, yeah, philosophically, I like that. But do I want to sit through three hours of other shit to get to the one sentence you just told mm-hmm. me? <laughs> like, no, it's not worth it yeah. for me. But anyway, yeah, the main point was just like the canon doesn't only exist through the lens of mainstream acceptance, you know, mm-hmm. in all of the shit that I care about. That seems to be the fans. Number one thing is being accepted, whether it's horror movies, wrestling, <laughs> comic books. It's like until every until we win an Oscar, this doesn't count. It's like, oh, fuck shut up like uh joker won an oscar yeah. didn't it <laughs> probably i actually yeah. i don't know it won the golden lion I'll, uh, i think i think probably. joaquin won it i don't remember it was up for a bunch heath ledger did 10 years prior like did he win yeah. for joker it was one of those huh. where Good for it was him. like first Good of all he him. did great second of all he died and so everybody was like yeah yeah, was, uh, yeah he's winning <laughs> and then and he also died as a result of Preparing for the role, it's essentially the plot of the tale of the ghastly grinnery. Are you for the dark episode? <laughs> That's what Heath Ledger's life turned out to be. It's sad but true. The last thing is we should talk about Jason Bateman Melissa McCarthy relationship. How does that happen in our new movie? I think they can still catch eyes across, you know, a convenience store robbery. Yeah, I think we just get a few more beats of it. It's not the. First I agree. I think that's time. not. Yeah. So I think they see each other and then everything's in slow motion. Uh. Yeah, yeah. What about this? Know this. <laughs> is it going to be Spirit in the yep, Sky? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so they see each other. I think Jason Bateman's getting like, we got to get our guys out of there. And he like, th- you know, using his crab arms, throws people out of the convenience store, looks over his shoulder. He and Melissa McCarthy lock eyes and then he leaves or whatever. Uh, I think next beat, maybe they've started to kind of make names for themselves. They're actually pretty good superheroes. And they're doing a press conference or, or something. And Jason Bateman goes to the press conference in a disguise, <laughs> but like a bad, it's just sunglasses or whatever. Yes. And Melissa McCarthy sees him in the audience and she's in the middle of answering a question. And then just word soup happens because she's so distracted by the hot guy in the audience. That gives her it's an opportunity to riff. Yep. She accidentally insults Octavia right. Butler in the process or something. Next time, I think it's at another big superhero fight. Crabman is there as, you know, sort of a lesser crony of either Bobby Cannavale or or just another generic supervillain. They both, you know, dive behind the same dumpster or whatever as an explosion happens. They have a little moment that's like, hey, I've seen you out of the corner of my eye. I'd really like to take you out sometime. So would I. Gunfire. I mean, America was thrilled we all got hot and bothered watching the trailer for mask of zaro when katherine jones and antonio Banderas had a sword fight but it was sexy yeah they made an animatrix short that was just a recreation of that essentially because we loved really? it so much <laughs> when was the last time we saw that tension comedic or otherwise where it's just simply that improv note of like be doing space work do object work while talking yeah yeah, and don't be talking about the thing, thing you're, you're doing. doing. Exactly. So they're both doing cool karate moves to fight off yes. bad guys. They set a date, then they go their separate ways to fight their fights. And then Octavia Spencer appears. She was listening to the whole conversation. They go on their date. It's a good date. 
Octavia Spencer appears there. They have their big confrontation. Okay. Melissa McCarthy, when she finds out about this, throws off some kind of, like when she gets mad in just in the middle of all of that calls her some sort of like what are you, my chaperone? Boom, she's a mom superhero. Yeah. Who goes it becomes invisible. Her name is Chaperone. <laughs> she is chaperoning the city. <laughs> and right? she and the rest of the, the movie city. is like, please don't let that stick. Please don't let that stick. <laughs> yeah, and it, it sticks big time. Yep, it sticks, yeah. So we got Prom King and Chaperone. And then Melissa McCarthy's like, well, I want a nickname. And somebody's like, I don't know, gym teacher. And she's like, I don't, what? That's not a nickname at all. Nah, you're gym That's teacher it. now. <laughs> Great. See, that legitimately sounds like a joke. When you see the poster for Thunder uh, Force, you'd be like, what we just said are probably jokes yeah. in that movie, yeah. right? And it's like, no, there are no jokes in that movie. <laughs> There is a very long Urkel impression, though. Again, riffs, but yeah. no joke. So the one thing that we don't have is the scene where Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer kind of make up. I think they both try to go fight superheroes on their own, and they can't. Melissa McCarthy's not subtle enough. They see her coming a while away. Or they can. It's just not as easy. They're stronger yeah, together. Yeah, exactly. You know. Octavia Spencer is like too timid to do anything. Turns out invisibility is not that useful of a superpower <laughs> against people with laser vision. When you don't have the backup. Yeah, when you don't like, have the backup. It's great for getting yeah. information. And so then maybe that's it. Maybe Octavius is invisible, gets this important piece of information and is like, I can't do anything about this on my own. I have to go find Melissa McCarthy. She goes and finds Melissa McCarthy, who is at that point in bed with Jason Bateman. And then you can still have right, the scene yeah. that's already in the movie where she like sprinkles him with Old Bay and they're like mm. feeding each other raw chicken or whatever. But now Octavia Spencer is like in the corner, invisible, trying to figure out the right time to be like, ah. <laughs> uh, 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 and uh. If there's something, if that's the first time we're exposed to like those notions of of uh-huh. that like it's much more of a smash cut exposed to these yeah, weird smash super cut freaks. to them smashing claws baby <laughs> yeah what what does this bedroom look like and here you go you get it not like super explicitly necessarily but just like yeah you're getting it all too much in the same way that octavia expense would be too much too much i'm seeing too much i'm seeing yeah. too much yeah. and so then there is a very awkward scene where octavia spencer reveals she's there they have how long have you been there long enough just don't ask right, you're a right, freak right. you're a freak just, just stop just listen to me and then they have an emotional moment where they make up their friends again. She reveals the inf- whatever information she just learned, you know, Bobby Cannavale is going to attack X spot. We need your super strength to stop him. Or he said he's going to attack, you know, code name Kmart. Melissa McCarthy's like, not the Kmart on broad and second. I love that Kmart. And then Jason Bateman says, no, 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 no. That's what he always calls City Hall or whatever. And then the right. three of them go together. Big final battle. Or oh, it's what he calls Koreatown. And that's where we meet an actual half Korean who joins the <laughs> team. And takes Sorry, I'm in third beat connection. Okay, mode. so you're a half Korean and you're a half Korean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, I think, is the whole joke. Yeah. Great. And then I think that's that's basically it, right? You know, end of movie. They now are two middle-aged women who have the respect of the, the nation. And they are now considered top tier superheroes just as they've always wanted to be and then that's kind of the wish fulfillment aspect that i think we were missing up till this point is like the whole put moms in charge and everything would go so there'd never be war kind of attitude we get to play out a little bit and then stinger Babies have superpowers now. Oh no! What are we gonna or whatever it is? You know. Melissa McCarthy has a baby with Jason Bateman that just has one crab arm, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. Or wait, how do crabs like? Do they have some weird reproduction? Gimmick? Oh, it might be <laughs> like salmon do. I could see that. Yeah. So, so he's not a real like, crab oh, wait, anyway. Gonna... He could also be, you know, my arms are crabs, but my penis is salmon, and so sure. then he has to, you know, 
spray sperm on her eggs that are right that's what i was ultimately great okay yeah Yeah, so the one element that we did kind of lose is octavia spencer's daughter but i think she's still there she just is no longer the the reason that i mean she can still be the death sex machina Mm -hmm. yeah we bait it as much as this movie does honestly it feels like oh maybe it's also maybe like the whole problem with people not taking these middle-aged women seriously is personified in the daughter who thinks her mom is lame and then the right. deus ex machina is she sees her mom fighting on TV or down the hall or whatever. And it's like, wait, my mom is actually cool. And I love, I should right. have appreciated her when I could. And then, you know, she and there's also something there to be said that it, it is. It's like, we haven't really mentioned Octavia Spencer is a black woman mm-hmm. as well. And the notion of representation. And again, it's a thing that people who don't really know much about superheroes think storm is the only female black superhero and that's because of representation like what the movies have done mm-hmm. with that and but there's something to still to be said of like if the whole point is all <laughs> all of these people are putting square-jawed white men to the front of you know in our world of what a superhero looks like a ka what a hero looks like that what that will trickle down and make people believe mm-hmm. in themselves and so to be seeing not just a black woman, but then her mom. Yeah, okay, cool. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, oh shit, it is possible. And so yeah, maybe she doesn't need this superpower, but she somehow saves the day or is the final component. Like everything is so teed yeah. up. And, it's... and if you want to keep the, you know, I'm not a nerd, I'm smart thing, then at the end, right. she, she knows cracks that when you put iodine and whatever, sulfur you know? together, it makes it. Yeah, it's the it's the fucking it's the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode with the thing in the pool? Dead man's float. That's exactly what I was going. There you for. go. <laughs> okay, cool. I, that pretty much fixes it for me. You got any other thoughts before we move on to recommendations? No. Okay, great. Let's talk recommendations. I'll go first because I think mine the are not boss. as good. The boss. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> M- Melissa McCarthy's whole filmography. <laughs> okay so mine i I, again i'm not uh super knowledgeable on the superhero Mm -hmm. genre i do think that like the the boys came up in the podcast and that is like sort of an interesting recommendation even though it's not a comedy just because it does like kind of explore the same things that our new movie explores but my three movies that are that are all comedies that parody the genre but also serve the function of an action movie are MacGruber, Hot Fuzz, Tropic Thunder. There you go. Mine is, I think, the only one on the list I have not mentioned yet. Go through the and ones you have the, mentioned, yeah. just because I, I remember the, the Tim Allen one, Zoom. Yeah, not that I'm saying that's good. I'll, I'll just say the ones that I think are actually worth cool. seeing. Incredibles, Sky High, Unbreakable. Hold on. Which was Unbreakable? Die Hard Guy. Ah, uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis and Samuel. Ah, Jackson, yes, I which then leads this. to sold... Split. Yes, and I Glass was just going to say well. it's, Yeah, okay. And then the last one, which I have not mentioned yet, is Super, which was what got James Gunn all of this stuff, huh. which has the distinction of being. It's a movie I, I try to talk about as much as I can because I think is the only movie, and I've always wanted a movie oh, to do I this, this. Growing poster. up, it is a movie that. I was like, what if there was a movie that you hated until the last moment? (laughs) And then I saw the movie Super and I go, there it is. And I'm going to explain why, which plays into all of the other diatribes we've already said. But it is a movie that genuinely changed how I looked at superheroes. Not through them saying fuck and and shit like that. But like at the end of that movie is us realizing that Rain Wilson, uh, or him realizing that he is not what is important as a superhero or wannabe mm-hmm. superhero. His job is not to save the world, but to save the people who saved the world. Okay. And that was like, like genuinely like, wait a minute. That's great. Like, 
because again, I as in there are the other things... superheroes in the movie he saves, or he saves no. like teachers. Exactly, yeah. that's it. Teachers, scientists, mm-hmm. uh, you know, nurses. Like I am bullshit. I still mm-hmm. suck. I who cares what I am? But if I can stop this person being from being shot, they will go on to do Got something it. that matters. Got it. And that is my whole thing. <laughs> like that, I love that so much. That rocks. And again, it circles back to what I think the function of superheroes, at least the platonic ideal of the function of superheroes in our culture is, is to inspire to do real life yeah. things. Not not be Phoenix Jones and literally go on the street and uh, uh, latex and hope to punch somebody, but like try to be a shining example of what we are supposed to do and do the things we that your you know your principles are you've really uh, sold me on this movie fish and i'm glad you told me i'm gonna hate it till the last few minutes <laughs> i'm not saying that either people could whatever but for me i was just really like uh-huh 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 and that last oh it really got me any time to bring up super because of that because it was it, uh, like glass also was a movie where i went whoa you can do that because they keep the fact that it's a, it's a sequel to the last second of that movie cool so that hyped me up like crazy. So that both of those things are just, they, they exist and they're, they, they're the only people to have those uh, awards as far as I'm cool. concerned. Cool. Where it's like, you pulled this off. Not that it was the intent of Super. I'm sure he was trying to make a good movie the whole time. <laughs> it just doesn't work for me until those last five minutes where I'm like, yeah, that's cool. what it's at. I get it because as creatives, that's all we're doing too, right? We're not changing the world. We're hoping to inspire the changes in people who would then go on mm-hmm. to actually change the world, right? We, I'm not going to, cure cancer or anything but like well don't sell yourself short if, well, don't tell anybody but i'm really i'm so close. <laughs> drew cut this out but i'm so close turns out it's just iodine and salt <laughs> damn we had it the whole time yeah uh but you get it that's what i'm saying. like and, and on some level i could argue myself out of it to say why that sucks because then it's all just creative jerking each other off but <laughs> it, if it is that is the function of entertainment is and in addition to escapism is again platonic ideal is to believe there is greater out there mm-hmm. and in us and to be earned and there's a great big beautiful tomorrow and all that shit that's the positive side of the mm-hmm. arrested development that comes with still reading comic books still cheering for there you go. Uh, we did, uh, I did forget one segment. I will say I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia oh, right. right now and this information is not there and it was released on Netflix. So it's tough to, tough to gauge, but, uh, okay, Google. So it's, what was it's the, the budget movie of, all time, of as as Thunder Force? Here are some results. Yeah. It doesn't say anywhere. You know, I'm going to say we fucking double it. We double whatever amount of money they made. <laughs> we double it. Double it. And I think, I think in terms, I think we since there's it. no budget and no box office, I think we got to think about it in terms of views on Netflix. And I think not only do we double sure. the number of views it has, we triple the number of people who don't turn it off in the middle. <laughs> or in five minutes in. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Cause I do think that's the thing is they, like they, they count a click on it as a view yeah like there's no overhead to be like no they, they actually they didn't watch it all the way through it's like no they clicked on it yeah. that counts it's netflix's metrics are whereas, so whereas amazon's the opposite you like yeah amazon prime you have to like watch till the end of the credits for it to count. oh yikes that means uh i have not been doing a lot yeah. of filmmakers any yeah. favors <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> yep or, or at least till it goes to the autoplay of the next thing i should say interesting i don't know if it's the absolutely ending and this might be outdated. Uh, they might have changed it, but yeah. that was my last. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay, I got nothing else, Fesh. Okay. Okay, I've been okay. Nicole. I've been Fesh. And this has been Real, Real Big, Big Fix. Fix. Bye. Bye. Bye.